what's up, guys? Welcome to WCBC Podcast. My name's Hunter. My name is Alan. And I'm Josh. Grant, I'm going to be honest, my, my connection with you right there is a little off. Grant counts us down before he starts us, and usually he gives me like a go, and I totally just missed it right there, so that's why I laugh. But uh, guys, how y'all doing? Doing, doing good. good. Grant, how you doing? Swell. He said thumbs swell, up. thumbs up. We're glad to be here again this week. Man, you know, it, this just occurred to me, fellas. We've been doing this for a long time now. Well, yeah. I mean, when did we when did we start, Alan? Oh, uh, August no of idea. last year. Yeah. I'll have to look, man. We're gonna have to keep track because we're gonna hit one year like that. We're gonna have to have like a a one year episode. I don't well, know. <laughs> I tell you what we'll do on our one year. We will we will record the podcast. Uh, with helium voices. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> maybe we could do like a, I don't know, maybe we could make like a once in a lifetime, one only WCBC podcast, 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 podcast t-shirt. And maybe we could do like a giveaway to like one of our listeners somehow. I, I don't know. Just to do something like yeah. different. Yeah, good idea. We got it. Listen, and it, this won't be no lame t-shirt. We got some good t-shirt designers here at the chapel. So maybe that's... We'll talk about that. That'd be kind of cool to do like a... And it can say like one year. Maybe it can have Alan's face on it. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> what if it... No, no, no. Listen, what if it's like we never met him and one day Alan just makes a trip to like charlotte north carolina and he just sees his face and it's like oh my gosh what is that that would be funny so our our downloads are up then in north carolina hey there's the podcast who <laughs> played it somebody's playing our podcast you josh <laughs> he didn't even touch his phone one year celebration yeah, we start getting off topic and something crazy oh, happens it starts working <laughs> phones hey these phones do they have the minds of their own but Alan, what were you talking about that was, the, uh, a, that was a good podcast. That was, that Y'all was. should go check out WCBC podcasts if you never listened to it. It's pretty good. Yeah, so. the, and the intro music is, is <laughs> on point too. If you just heard it, uh, downloads in in Charlotte, North Carolina are up. Yeah, so, uh, uh, they're rivaling. Yeah. Uh, the downloads here in our hometown. Go Charlotte. Yeah, shout, all- <laughs> shout out to you guys in Charlotte. <laughs> but yeah, we'll uh, man, we need to look and see when our one year is, and we'll do like something like a giveaway or something. I don't know, just something fun. Um, but hey, we're here and we're, we're looking forward to it. We're full of laughs, but, uh, man, I'll say this. It's good to be a Christian. Hey, the Bible talks about happy is the man. That's what I was getting ready to say, man. We're joyful people. You know what I'm saying? We should be. The spirit we receive, that's a fruit of the spirit right there is just joy, but it's not just like a random joy. It's just something that only God can give you. Even like, I mean, it's been long, it's been a long day. It's been long weeks. You know, we're starting March and things are getting busy. And, uh, man, I've just, it, the Lord just gives us joy in moments that we need it. And man, it's just good to be a Christian. I'm telling you that, man, the word of God has just, this Sunday, man, what a blessing. I would encourage you guys. I posted it today. I know it's not Monday and I'm going to explain why in just a couple minutes, but man, our pastor, he's still going through Romans and he talked about being justified through faith only, no works, no nothing else. And man, it was like hitting the the nail with the hammer. So I mean, it was awesome. I went up to our pastor after the service and I said, "You know what?" I said, uh, "That should clear up a lot of confusion Amen. and a lot of misconceptions about Amen. salvation." Yeah, because it was and false teachings. Yeah, and false teachers too, because it was it was so uh, plain and relatable and understandable 
about questions even I've had in my own life and direct scriptural evidence to prove the, just what we talked about in earlier podcasts. Our part of salvation is extremely easy. Yeah. It's easy. It's not on our effort. Yeah. It's we, not on our goodness. We just believe. My merit. We just believe. Yeah. And uh, it is a blessing. And then uh, Sunday night, man, if you, our listeners, if you remember, we had Myron come on here from Miracle Lake. Miracle Lake as a whole came to our church Sunday night. And uh, basically all the men came together. They sang worship song. I mean, you're looking about 48 men on stage that are all going through. And I, I love it because a lot of times people be like, you know, the drug rehabilitation program. But, like, they were clear. It's not a it's not a druggy home. It's not a halfway house. It's a Christian training facility. And those guys are not there against their will. No, that, mm-hmm. 100% they're, true. They're all in. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I know that, I mean, it's it's like hearing Byron and even Jack talk. That's not an easy ministry. Some some people go through there just to get clean, just to get free, just to get that. But I think it's just awesome because also Sunday night they let Cody Huntsman. Cody Huntsman is a, uh, a member here at the chapel. And, uh, man, it would be cool to even have him on here one day just to share his testimony. What up, Cody? And, uh, hey, Cody. Uh, but he shared his testimony about how God has just delivered him from addiction, saved his soul, brought him to Watson's Chapel. I mean, he's from Kentucky. And, man, it was just, it was powerful. And it was just a blessing. And uh, I- I'm just saying this, as a member of Watson's Chapel Church, coming out of this weekend was just, I felt blessed by everything that we got to be a part of. And uh, this yeah, Monday, I, the men's Bible study was good. Prayer service was good. Our college small group. I mean, just, man, it, it's just good to be, it, it's good to belong to the Lord. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure and so, uh, <laughs> let me say this. So, the reason I was late this week with Message Monday is because we have a provider and we are not sponsored by them whatsoever. So, when I say their name, that's not because we're sponsored. Uh, Buzzsprout.com does a great job of being they host podcasts so basically it's we do the podcast we do the recording we pay a subscription and then they take our podcast and publish it for us and take a lot out a lot of the hard work and the cool thing about Buzzsprout is actually it's probably like the number one christian podcast host system a lot of churches use them to put messages out and podcasts from churches and christian based functions and so it was weird because Sunday morning, you know, I'm not a big phone guy. Like, my phone's beside me in case something goes wrong somewhere in the church, you know, and they send a text and I've got to, like, run out. But, like, I just got an email from Buzzsprout, and so I was like, and it was on all caps, and I was like, huh? So I look, and it was like, and I might butcher this, but it's something like they had, like, a DDS, DDoS attack or something like that. Now, I'm not a tech guy, but basically what it is, it's like, if you got 20 people and you planned a car jam on purpose with a thing of we'll only move our cars if only you pay us that's basically what happened it's like somebody sends in so much stuff to the company website and keeps crashing it to where it can't work and then they say well if you'll pay us money we'll stop so it's almost kind of like a heist or a hostage kind of system so their systems were down this last week and so I've been kind of like watching and waiting, and so I didn't do anything Monday. I mean, even last week, we didn't know if our podcast was going to post, just because they have only they only work a few hours a day. But uh, I got on there today, and I was like, you know, I think it's working. So the message posts today, and then Lord willing, hopefully this will post Thursday morning. But it's crazy. I've never heard of that in my whole life. I mean, I'm not a, a tech guy, but that sounds crazy. Yeah, that doesn't sound like fun. 
But, uh, you know, it's like this. If, you know, Buzzsprout hosts a lot of church-based podcasts and Christian-based podcasts, it makes sense that the world is trying to get at them. Now, they might host secular podcasts, too. I don't know. But I was like, of course. You know what I'm saying? The message is going out from a lot of different facilities, and now somebody's trying to hinder that. And uh, the enemy, hey, fiery darts. Fiery darts. He adapts, and he he attacks. And all that uh, explanation you just gave it... uh, it just made my head hurt. I, know yeah. I, <laughs> I was going to say, it I, flew I, over mine. Yeah, right? I, can't, I can't set the clock on my microwave. Much, right. I much less yes. understand what... Yes, what, it was a foreign uh, language. Uh, it sounds like piratry. <laughs> hostile, hostile takeover. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're being invaded or something, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's just... It, I don't know. I had to do research because, I mean... And the cool thing about Buzzsprout is, man, they're just, like, superb, like, A-plus on reaching out to people and hospitality and working with people that pay them to help. And so they explained everything in the email. I was like, by the time I got to read this, I'm like, now I know what a DDoS or whatever attack is. Thanks, uh, Buzzsprout. But, uh, man, I, it was just, I think they're on the upside of it because apparently it's a federal offense to do that, too. So, like, the people doing it, like, they're looking at big federal offenses so that's big jail time if if i'm not mistaken um so but that's why i I was a little slow this week to kind of upload because i didn't want to like overwhelm them because they've already they're being overwhelmed right now until the government and i guess like the the fbi and all that has to get involved and I was like, man, this is nuts. This sounds like a like csi episode (laughs) or something i don't know it's crazy but but yeah we're here and uh Today, we're going to finish our segment, Lord willing, on uh, paying closer attention. And uh, guys, I've enjoyed this. I have too. I mean, like, I know we've talked about it specifically comes to uh, conversion in Christ and how people have made it more complicated. They add works to it. They say, you got to do this, you got to do this. And the Bible just says it's through faith alone. Um, But man, it's just, it's also that phrase, pay closer attention, um, when I study right now like sermon prep maybe i'm doing a devotion um i'm paying closer attention to what the word says now i think so, it's good instruction for yeah. all christians i mean whether you're a, a minister or a teacher or maybe you're just a lay member of a church yep. uh, it's good instruction and good practice yeah. to just amen uh, pay, pay close attention and then we we thought when we first started this that man wow there's there's a lot of content in that as far as equipping the saints and yeah. helping helping folks get stronger, I didn't have any idea that we'd. What, what were we in our third? This is our third episode on this. Fourth, fourth episode. This yeah. is our fourth. Uh, there's a lot of meat on that bone. Yeah, there's a lot of meat on that. I bone. mean, and we've had people come forth like you know maybe they were taught a certain way as a child that you had to do this to be saved. You have to perform this act. Or, you know, if you don't do this, then you're going to lose your salvation. And it's just people are coming forth with questions and, like, they're wanting security in Christ. And that's what I love about the Bible, you know. It, I mean, it says right there at the end of Romans 8, we talked about in our men's Bible study, who shall separate us yeah. from the love of God? You know, who can bring a charge against God's elect? Yeah. Who, you know, can pluck us out of his hand? And, I mean, the Scripture's clear, nobody. That's where the security's found at. I mean, there's there's no security in the Internet. There's no security, you know, on the the technology that we have because we're we're 
fighting about right now just to keep our podcast DDoS. Going. That's what it is. What he said. Man, I'm going to read that email after this, and it's probably not even called a DDoS attack. I'm probably saying <laughs> something that's like much worse. I don't know, but uh, but, but if you want security, yeah, it, it's found in, in Jesus Christ. Yeah, Absolutely. man, and that's what I just I don't know. It's like I would hate to live my life insecure about my yeah. salvation in Christ. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing is, is I'm not. I'm I'm really not. I mean, you know, that's something I've struggled. I struggled with, especially at younger age, was my faith because people were telling me to do this. People were telling me to do this. They're telling me I'm not. They're telling me I am. And eventually, it's just like, man, I quit listening to everybody else. And I started listening to the Lord, and I started reading His Word, and He just affirmed me. Yeah. He assured me. And that's like when we talk about losing salvation, and we lose this, do this, do this. It's like when I talk about it, I'm not talking about it because. I'm nervous or I'm insecure. Like I know I'm saved. I know I'm secure in Christ. And, and man, he Colossians says we're, we're hid. Our salvation is hid in him. That's good enough for me. And that's that's, that's good the, enough for me. One of the good things about this, I mean, the, the, the process of discipleship yeah. and growing, I mean, it's kind of complex because the initial uh, onset, you're dependent on teaching. You're dependent on yeah. somebody to teach you. But during the maturing process, you need to be more dependent on yeah. the Holy Spirit and understanding what God, the Word of God says and interpreting through the future yeah. that lives inside of you and not as much dependent on taking people's word or their yeah. interpretation of the Scripture. Yeah, and I mean, it's just like, you know, and um, Josh, I'd like to hear you kind of add on to this too once I get done. You know, if we as Christians would kind of grab hold of what we have in Christ— and embrace sanctification and, and embrace our spiritual gifts and embrace growing, I feel like a lot of people would stop worrying about so. losing their salvation. And like maybe such teachings like that would almost vanish because everybody's so focused on Christ that they're not worrying. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what do you think, Josh? Yeah, I think that, um, I think that there, uh, it would do a lot of Christians good to put their focus solely on Christ. And not to worry with the all the extra stuff that comes out of it, and mm-hmm. like you know, because the thing is, is that it is easy to be kind of caught in the moment um, before we started recording. I don't know you were sharing about the, just being sitting early on and uh, taking it in, being fed, and that's the thing that you know we we can be fed for a, yeah. a time period and stuff. But then it gets to a point to where once you start reading and truly seeking what the Lord has for you yeah. and what the, what the Word of God can do in your life and, um, and, and separate the thing from tradition and religion and everything to just being solely a Christian, seeking yeah. the Lord day to day, understanding that we are still in the sinful flesh. Understanding that we're still going to have faults, we're going to still have things that come against us. Yeah. But ultimately, instead of worrying about you know what the latest pandemic is or what is going on, government speaking, or if we're going to lose our job or our house or our kids are upset with us, yeah. And we just focused on what are we going to do today for Christ? What am I going to do to live for Christ? How am I going to grow my relationship with Christ? Yeah. You know, and when we're that light. Because that's what it says, that we are the light, not to be hid. Now, in the, everything that's going on around us, in this world that we live in, 
It is our opportunity to show the world Christ. And we don't always have to speak it. It's in our actions. It's in our attitude. It's in the way that we Amen. we look at situations, handle situations, and address it. Yeah. You know, and ultimately seek, speaking, if we really want to help somebody, instead of giving them our opinion, we'll share the Word of God with them. Yeah, in its context. Absolutely. All of it. Yes. Because, like, I mean, it's like you said earlier, Josh. You said, like, extra things. Man, I just imagine, like, if we could strip away denomination, if we could strip away man's ideology and theology and just be Christian, like, people who have such a hunger just to seek after what Jesus said himself, man, we would probably see division decrease tremendously. And, I mean, that's the sad thing is, like, and I think we talked about that a little last week with Jake, um, and where Jake was actually supposed to come join us today, but he got caught up. So he will be back, man. It was a good time being with Jake. Um, but it's just like, everybody wants to divide over where we're different yes. instead of just finding unity and where we agree. And I don't know, my heart just breaks because, you know, I, I mean, I know people in my life that like, they see scripture different than I do, but I still love them and they still love me. Yep. But it's also like, I've met people that, you know, we have different views and we're not best friends. You know, we're not brothers. We're not. And I still love them. But, you know, if they fully disagree with me or this or this and this, I still love them. But if they choose not to love me or part have part with me, then that's on them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I just wish that in this world that we all could just really just push denomination we could push theologies away. We could and just focus on the Word of God. Um, and I'm not taking that stuff away, but like belittling it because I'm a theology major in school. I mean, I love theology. I love reading after people. But here's the thing: when people come up to me and they're like, "What theology do you follow? What theology do you hold to?" I'm like, "What the Bible says," because I don't follow an Arminianist. I don't follow John Calvin. I don't follow the guy down the street. I just follow what the word of God says. And, and the simple unadulterated pure word of God is, I mean, that common ground Yeah, in its simplest form. You, you take the, take the, uh, the young man that was healed from blind from birth and the scribes and Pharisees start interrogating his mom and daddy and say, what happened? What's going on here? And they're like, he's of age. Go ask him for yourself. Right. And his answer absolutely uh, personifies the attitude that we need to have. Yeah. Man, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I once was blind, but now I see. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know what happened. All I know is because I can see. Yeah. The credit goes to Christ. And it's just, it's even like, I think I shared this last week. Um, me and one of my friends were sitting in, a waffle house a couple months ago um shout out to chaz love that guy and we're sitting there having biblical conversations about sin and free will and just things because we do hold two different views but we don't let that separate us and you know this person walks up and just like openly rebukes us in a waffle house about his view on free will and kind of like drops a mic and walks off and won't talk to us won't even like look at us won't acknowledge us and I'm sitting there and I'm just kind of like heartbroken because I'm like, man, we probably agree. We, I mean, I know even my friend chat, like we agree with her 
on salvation because of what she said. We agree with her on Jesus. We agree with her, but yet she separated herself from us because we were talking about a third party biblical thing that people separate over. And I'm thinking, man, is that what it's come down to? And I wish she would have stayed because if she would have stayed, we probably would have had a better Bible study and better conversation. And she could have seen where we're coming from and that we love her and we were support her. But man, it just like broke my heart because like there was a, she made a clear division with us. Well, that that's, day. Where, that's where the man-made organized religion creates that divide and that closed. Yeah. We talked about the prejudice uh, that uh, is dominant in yeah. society today. Yeah. Uh, Somebody that's not even invited into the conversation, they invite themselves into the conversation, drop their opinion, and leave, and are absolutely not one bit interested in your spiritual condition, how you received, yeah. or, or or maybe leading you to a place of repentance or a closer walk with God. That's not even in the conversation. I want you to understand that I have the true interpretation. I am right. You are wrong. Boom, drop the mic and leave. That's yeah. all they're interested in. That's all, they, that's all they care about. They care more about the circumstance and the opportunity than the person. Yep. Because, I mean, here at the chapel, like, one thing I love about our church is, I mean, this is a Baptist-affiliated church, and uh, I think Jake hit it on the nail. I mean, the reason we're all here is because we look at the doctrines that this church holds to, and it's biblical, and we're like, amen. But what I love is in this church, we have people from all different backgrounds, we have people from different churches and denominations that come just to see the worship and hear the preaching. And what I love is when even our pastor, when he encounters somebody that might hold a different view or come from a different background or maybe they're from a denomination, he doesn't rebuke them and tell them to leave. He's just like, hey, I love you. Let's see what the Word of God says. And what I also love about him, too, is that when he comes into conversations with people that don't agree with him, he's like, okay. Do you hold 100% to the Word of God? And they're like, yes. And he's like, okay, let's get into the Word of God and see what it says about this subject and see what God has to say. And people might leave disagreeing with him. People might leave agreeing with him and changing. But it's not that he has any deception or any manipulative tactics. He's just 100% about the Word of God. But what I love about it, too, is like, he doesn't try to cause division over secondary or third issues. Now, he will do what he has to do when it comes to first issues, such as preaching another gospel or blasphemy, you know, going against the name of Christ or teaching a different version of Jesus, 100%. But when it comes to the secondary third things, he establishes, he's like, those are secondary. They're third things. Let's not sit here and argue. Let's not have division. Let's just serve Christ. And I'm like, amen. And that that I think that attitude that we see in him as a church kind of like shows us, man, we need to get into the Word of God and study out the biggest issues. We need to figure out what makes someone accursed, as Paul said in Galatians. But man, if it's not something that bad or if it's secondary, you know, how many times do you do the Lord's Supper? How often do you do this? Are you supposed to do uh, foot washing? These secondary things. And then it's just like when you realize they're secondary things, it's almost like the arguing goes away because... You can have a biblical conversation about it and then just walk away and be like, we love Jesus and we love each other. And uh, I think when Jake brought that up last week about division, I, th- I think that was really key. And I'm glad we kind of brought that up today because the three of us are sitting here saying like, man, we love people. 
regard, I mean, I've met atheists, I've met Muslims, I've talked to all people from, you know, I've got a friend uh, from Hong Kong, you know, he views religion, he doesn't even really view religion as religion, to him it's philosophy, but man, I love that guy, and uh, when I talk to him, we're talking about life, we're talking about things, and there's opportunities where I get to share the gospel with him, and it's just a beautiful thing, because I mean, Jesus said, people are going to tell that you're mine by how you love another. He said that in John 13. And I feel like if we would all just embrace the love of Christ and what we've been charged to do, people might actually look at Christians and look at the church and be like, that's something we want to be a part of. Because it's almost like in this day and age, people have a bad taste in their mouth because they've had a bad experience at church or because so-and-so did something to them and was a hypocrite or did this or did this. And then they're like, man... Is this what they're about? Is this what they believe? I don't want to be a part of that. If they, and I just, I don't know. That's just me. But, uh, I mean, division's one of those things. I think what Chad Udi preached that message about, um, oh, man, I can't think of what it was called. Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. And he talked about how Satan will try to divide the people of God, and he will try to conquer them. And I was just like, that's good. Yep. And that, that's true. So, But... Let's get down to some let's get down to some meat on the bone as Alan said. Let's look at So last week we started this last segment and I think we did a pretty good job of covering about how uh, salvation isn't an intellect or isn't a faith experience. What are those produce? I think last week we did a pretty good job of talking about the intellect and what it produces. Um, so now we kind of need to talk about a, a faith-based salvation and what that produces. So um, guys, before we even talk about what it produces, I mean, what do we see when someone puts their faith truly in Christ? Change. A changed life. <laughs> I thought you were just done. No, I was like, okay. It's, it's a changed well, let's life. go to the next one. It's a changed life. It's a changed and, life. Uh, when we talk about the, the, the fact that uh, there are so often in the religious world, in, in, in the in the church experience uh, or the, the charismatic side of, uh, uh, of church. Uh, so many people that you see claim the word of faith, claim, claim something, but yet there's nothing different about them. There's yeah. nothing unique. There's nothing that separates them. It's hard to tell, you know, the wheat and the tares. It's hard to tell uh, the sheep from the goats. When you start analyzing a faith based experience, with uh, an almighty God, there is a absolute about face. When we talk about repentance, we talk about the fact that, man alive, I'm sick to death. The, the contrite uh, brokenheartedness of the fact that your sins are hurting the heart of God. And, and, and that in turn hurts your heart. And that condition that we've talked about when the, the Bible talks about that you're drawn by the Spirit. When, when that Spirit... Uh, moves on you, uh, uh, all of those uh, preconceived notions of self-righteousness and my own abilities all start to melt away and disappear because there's a realization that you are nothing and you are undone and you are incomplete. All of those uh, awarenesses are byproducts of the yeah. Holy Spirit drawing you. And the Bible says that no man can come to me yeah. unless my Father draw him. Yeah. Right. And now how do I respond to that drawing? By faith. You place yeah. your faith in God. And that faith then absolutely every time produces change. 
Yeah. yeah. And then at the evidences of it is though. So let's let's take somebody. This is undone, lost, sinful. They get saved. Is that the change is going to take place? But what did it can be? Because in the beginning, it's not like as soon as you're saved, everything is now changed to where you know you you wake up the next morning and you know the same issues are not right there at your doorstep. What it actually happens is that you now have replaced that fear, that sinful thought, the sinful actions is now replaced with hope. And that hope is in Jesus Christ, which brings joy, not happiness, Mm -hmm. but it brings joy. So you can stand there and face your struggles, trials, tribulations, everything that you have been delivered from now does not have the same effect on you because... Of Jesus Christ. And you can break those changes down into categories. Because some changes are physical that you can actually see with your eye. Some of yes. them are internal that only you and God know about. But that change that happens, that God, that miracle that he works in an individual's life. Uh, I had the scripture pulled up by my phone, just went to sleep. Uh, Luke chapter 19, verse number 5. Very familiar scripture. I heard it when I was just a wee little kid in Sunday school about Zacchaeus. What happened to him? Well, he heard it. Jesus was in the neighborhood, yep. and he's a little guy and couldn't see over the crowd. So we've got to figure out figure out some way to, to overcome this obstacle. So he goes and climbs up in a tree. And, and verse 5 says, And when it, Christ came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste to come down, for today uh, I must abide with, in thy, at thy house. And he made haste and came down. So he responded to the call. He came down and uh, received him joyfully. And when he saw it, all the murmured, saying, who is he going to eat with a sinner? He's just, Zacchaeus is not a good guy. And they murmured and said that he has gone to be the guest of the man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I will give to the poor. So Zacchaeus's nature, his reputation in the community mm-hmm. was a crook, yeah. was a thief. Take what's not his uses his title, uses his position. After the experience with Christ, there's a difference. Yes. His heart changed. His attitude changed. That money that he coveted, that he connived for, that he stole, was not as important anymore. He then said, I'll give half what I got for. So, um, and... What I was thinking about, too, with what we're talking about is um, Alan's choking out in the background. <laughs> I got mm, strangled. Hang on. <laughs> I'll be okay. Um, I started thinking about, um, like, how do we know that's what a faith-based conversion produces? And so, obviously, we'll talk about this in question two here in a little bit, but I started thinking about, like, the fruit that comes from it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, like Jesus paints the picture in Ma- like Matthew seven, he says, "Every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth uh, evil fruit." And when you look at this word fruit, G twenty five ninety, it says fruit as plucked literally or figuratively. Um, so literally fruit or figuratively f- fruit. So, like, I, I just, in one of the definitions, and there's multiple ones, it says, that which originates or comes from something, an effect or result. And so, when we talk about an effect or result, like, we're not talking off a of work you've done, because obviously, there's no work you can do to be saved. The Bible's clear. 
Um, but when you look at putting your faith in Christ, like we, you really got to define the word faith, and faith is believing. That's all that all that is all that faith is is believing in Christ. I mean, I think our pastor did a great job when he talked about uh, Sunday morning. I mean, what did he do? He covered the word faith because he talked about being justified by faith, but then he talked about how um, when you get into word studies that the word believe in Greek comes from the word faith and Greek it derives from it. And so when you look at like, for example, uh, let me, let me pull this up. Like when you look at the word faith in scripture, right? So G4102. So it says persuasion that is credence, a moral conviction of religious truth or the truthfulness of God or religious teacher, especially reliance upon Christ for salvation abstractly con- constancy in such profession by extension the system of religious gospel truth itself assurance belief and here's an easier way to say this conviction of the truth of anything belief in the new testament of a conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to god and divine things generally with the included idea of trust and holy uh fervor born of faith and join with it relating to God the conviction that God exists relating to Christ salvation through Christ so obviously like this word faith has no work or no action in it in this definition so it's believing in Christ I mean that's clear scripture is very clear Uh, but when we look at like a faith-based conversion versus the intellect one I really started thinking about what John 15 says And Jesus says, I'm the vine, my father's the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. And I started thinking about, you know, when we believe in Christ, there's fruit. When we are saved, there's fruit that slowly makes itself known and is evident before God and before man, if I'm being honest. And Alan said it, change. When someone is radically, and in the most beautiful way, changed. I mean, it's even like when I was saved, right? I wasn't, we've talked about our testimonies in here. And, you know, I wasn't, I was 12. Like, I wasn't living a life full of sin. You know, I wasn't running around doing this and this. I disrespected my parents. I lied. I did this. But the thing was, is I was still dead in my sins. And so when Christ saved me, um, and I put my faith in Him, and He gave me new life, and I was born again, and the, you know, the Spirit of the Lord uh, was put inside of me and now dwells in me. I was changed. My life changed. And have I been perfect since then? No, but ever since then, there's been something different. There's been a change, and that's a fruit that comes. That's an evidence. That is something that comes from a faith-based salvation. I mean, and it's like this, any other salvation, if it's based on a work or a deed or something, then what's it going to revolve around their whole life? A work, a deed, a checklist. But see, my faith is in Christ. But what I love is like, you know, we're not Paul, right? None of us in here are Paul. You know, Paul said he was set aside at birth. But what I love is when you look at how Paul was changed. He, you know, Saul, here's the man killing Christians. To now he's Paul, and now he's preaching for the same Jesus that he was against. Or, you know, what you said was Zacchaeus, or what the Philippian jailer... That's an, that is an obvious, an obvious evidence that comes from a true faith-based salvation. 
is believing in him, and then all of a sudden, what did Ezekiel say in chapter 36? And I know this is Old Testament reference, but he said God will give a new heart. He will give a new spirit. He will. And then we get in the New Testament, and what do we learn about? We are made a new creature in Christ. We are a new man in Christ. The old is buried. The new is raised up. And I, I love that so much because we are made new in him. And that is an obvious uh, production or in a sense, what does a faith-based salvation produce? Alan hit it on the head in one word. I just kind of wanted to talk more about it. A change. Because yep. now, think about it like this. like You go from living your life about yourself to now you're living for God. You go from looking at everyone else from a moralist view of how you want to view them to now you're trying to view people as Christ did. But now, it's even like Cody shared in his testimony uh, Sunday night, you know, he said one, uh, I think after he got saved, he wanted to say a curse word and he couldn't. So now we look at the text that says, let this mind be in you. Also, you know, talking about the mind of Christ, let it also be in you. Or Galatians 2.20 that says, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Or Romans 12 that says, being renewed by the renewing of your mind. So there's a change even in your mind because an intellect has a view of God as I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this. They view God as I've got to do something. I've got to pay a debt. I owe him. I got to do this as Pastor Jason talked about. But someone who's been saved in Christ, now they're like, man. Didn't didn't Cody do a good job? Gosh. I, I, I I found myself thinking back to my own personal experience of salvation and the just a short period thereafter, yeah. and some things that you know Satan immediately attacked, and there was that battle within me. Yeah. Well, nothing's nothing's different about you, and nothing's. But I can distinctly remember occasions just like Cody described, where I would be tempted, and instantly the presence of God would yeah. say, "You don't, you don't do that stuff." You you you're not you're not that person anymore. You don't you don't talk ugly. You don't look at women that yeah, way. Yeah, you're changed. You're changed. changed. You're, there's something different about you. And when we talk about faith based scriptural uh, conversion, that process and people work and struggle and, and have a hard time. It's so natural because the byproduct of me being hopeless and helpless and understanding. The only way, the only way I get to heaven is based in Jesus Christ. I can't, I can't do it. Right. I ain't, I ain't smart enough. I ain't good enough. I'm not, you know, I don't have enough to offer. I'm completely dependent on Jesus Christ. If I get there, it's going to be because of Him. Yep. When you get yeah. to that point, you understand that, man. This burden's now lifted. Man, yeah. I am so appreciative, and yeah. because I appreciate, you know what I'm saying what God's done for me. There's a deep down de- desire to please him. Yeah. And, and the, the, because I appreciate the fact that, man, I don't lay in the bed scared to death, traumatized anymore. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. Because there's a peace that's about me that yeah. God's provided me. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Absolutely. And because it's, a, a, you know, a part of my appreciation, I love him. Yeah. I want to make him happy. I want to, I want to live for him. I want to do those things. Yeah. Do I always do them? No, I don't. I fall short sometimes. But that's yeah. the first. The but then here comes that Holy Spirit back that when I do fall short, yes. I can't stay there. And right. I'm He won't let me. You, I'm getting yeah, there. Have, go, go. Somebody no, go. go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. 
Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, you said conv- I'm I'm in here in First John, and I mean it's clear this book is to Christians. And when you get into First John chapter one verse eight, it says, "If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us." Verse nine: If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse ten. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And so that is an obvious change of someone who has put their faith in Christ. Absolutely. Is now, and like, this is this section right here is not to a lost person. This is to a Christian. So as a Christian, or someone who says they're a Christian, if you say you have no sin, you're deceiving yourself, and the truth of God is not in you. That's exactly what the scripture says. Verse 9 says, if you are a Christian, if... You confess your sins, you admit them to God that you have done wrong. What does it say? He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you. Not to drag us off in the weeds, but like let's take Paul's approach and say, "Hey, can I can I can I can continue in sin that grace may abound?" No, you missed the mark. You don't you you don't want to continue in sin. You're misunderstanding something. Something's not right because you understand now in your heart that because you've placed your faith in a living God, there's been a change in your life. I don't want to sin. Yeah. He also, I mean, he I don't also, want to. He also says, "How can we continue yeah. after we've been delivered?" God we, forbid. God, God forbid. forbid. And that's where you know it says that He'll cleanse us. And the the beautiful thing is when we do confess our sins and we admit that we are sinners, there's forgiveness because we've already been forgiven in Christ. But when we sin, knowingly we sin. James says, "If we know good, or if we." If we know not good and we do it anyway, then it's sin. So if you know you're not supposed to and you do it, well, what does the Bible then say? Confess your sins. Confess the sins you have done, and you can be cleansed from all unrighteousness. But then look at here. Verse 10. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And so this is my issue with how some people teach. It's like, bro, we sin regardless. I mean... When I was lost, I sinned with no regret, no conviction, no nothing. After I was saved, now I have a desire to not sin. But in Romans 7, it's clear. Paul said, I do the things I don't want to do. It's clear we're going to have a struggle. If we didn't have a struggle, there wouldn't be such sections in First Peter and Ephesians where it talks about that the flesh and the spirit wage war against each other. And so when I look at this text, I'm sitting here saying I've been saved by Christ. I've put my faith in him, and I admit, I, I have sins, and I've done this. I've done this, God, before you. But here's the thing. I don't admit it to man. No, I don't ask man no, to do no, it for no, me. No, no, no. I don't even tell people. I keep it between me and God, and I get on my knees before the living God, and I say, listen, I have failed you. Yeah. I have done something that I know I did on my own against you, and I'm sorry and I, I hope you forget, you know, I know you'll forgive me. I know this, but I've got to own it. And so I, I'm not afraid when people say, you know, do you still struggle? Yes, but here's the thing. We all still struggle because Scripture says if you meet someone that says they don't, then the truth is not in them. And looky here. Then it says now they make God a liar because his word 
is not in them. Exactly. And I mean, it says we make him a liar and his word's not in us. And that's just clear. I, I mean, I'm not going to try to be above God. I'm not going to try to go against God's word. Jesus said, you know, he, he showed us through his life that he was perfect. Yep. He was sinless. It said that the righteous requirement of the law was fulfilled by God sending his son so therefore, if no human being could keep the law, no human being, even the disciples, Apostle Paul, anybody, could keep it, then, oh my goodness, then we're going to struggle. We have to admit before a holy God that we are flawed. That's the whole point of glorification, the doctrine of glorification, that one day... Christ will deliver us from this world and from this present evil. And when we receive our new bodies, we will be glorified and we will not sin one more time. But we've got to wait for him to do that. Right. So it even shows us we can't even reach that part on our own. Right. So we have to admit what we are as humans. We are sinful. Yep. But when we put our faith in Christ, we realize that we don't let it hinder us. We don't take advantage of it to receive more grace. What do we do? We try to live sinless lives. We try to persevere. We try to have more endurance. We go through the process of sanctification. But... We realize that only Christ is the one who does that in us. He's the only only source of strength that we have. And that's where if we set our pride aside in the, from the get-go, yes. set our pride aside and understand that it has yes. nothing to do with us. Read what the Scripture says. The Father draws us. We can't come to the understanding that yes. we're lost and apart from God because unless if that's been revealed to us. Yes. Exactly. And that's what the Word of God does. We have nothing to do with it. it. We have nothing to do with and it. And what, we'll, what we'll understand is back when we're going go, bringing it back to that point of faith and what does faith produce? It produces change. Yes. Okay. Bringing it back to that point of conversion by my faith in God, the sin problem is going to be there. But my individual attitude towards sin will change. And we've, we've got in this discussion before, uh, we talked about folks who, who willfully sin. Well, it, it, to a certain degree, we all make a conscious choice and sin of our own choosing. Yep. Yes, but we choose it when we we we, we make it pretty. So we it's, we do we do. Uh, uh, but here's the difference between a child of God. We can't we can't premeditate. Yep. We can't take advantage of the grace of God because while we're premeditating. What's happening inside our in our being? Our, our heart, heart is separated. Yes, it is separated. You know, you, and the Holy Spirit of God is warning us. You know, you're wrong. Repetitively, yes. you know, repetitively, Amen. you don't need to be there. Amen. You don't need to participate in this. I know what your brain's yes. thinking. Yes, you need to turn to back to leave. Me. And I've used this example before: uh, adultery. When Jesus talks about, okay, they say thou shalt not commit adultery. But Jesus says if you look on a woman and you lust after her in your heart, you've, you've already, already yep. committed adultery. I've said this, and again, don't mean to be overly graphic, but if you work in a public job, if you work in a factory and interact with a lot of people, you've seen this scenario before where a man starts making eyes at a woman. And maybe it's friendly, maybe it's innocent, but at some point, those thoughts start being entertained. Yeah, and mm -hmm. they start having conversations, and he's talking about how bad his wife cooks, and she's talking about how mean her husband is. And the next thing you know, they're 
confiding in each yeah. other. And the comforting in others. Exactly. And it progressed. It's not one of these things that all at once. Right. Just jump off the deep end. No, exactly. it's a and slow I'm not, process. And I'm not saying a Christian can't fall for that trap. I'm not saying that at right. all. But here's what I'm saying. I'm saying this. How many times has a Christian walked past the grace of God and the warning of the Holy Spirit yes. before they ever wind up in the sack? Before they ever wind up in the bed. And at what point does that turn into sin? Where now I'm contemplating in my mind and lusting after her. Yep. And I've already committed yeah. adultery. I mean, the the Bible... Go ahead, Josh. Go well, ahead. Well, and, and on that same note of adultery, though, one of the things is, is like, God has used that in the Old Testament so many times when he referred to Israel and how adulterous they were to mm. him and how he pulled them out and, and adorned them and dressed them and cleaned them. And it says, what did he do? He said, and then he turned it to a harlot, yep. to, going right back to it. And this exact same thing with us in our Christian faith and our walk with Christ. Like you were saying, with an adulterous affair, it doesn't start out. It starts out innocent. The same thing can happen with us in our walk. We stop doing things of God or we put them to the side because we say that we don't that we don't need this. We don't have to do this. Right. We you know, we we can start separating ourselves. And then what ends up happening, though, the same exact thing. We are then engulfed into sin yep. apart from God. Yep. And we are no longer at the point of it just happened. Now we are in the place of premeditation because we are sinning willfully, willfully after and after. So, so got- when, you, when you look at David and then the, the, uh, the mess that he wound up in, we've talked about it a couple of times, how that, uh, you know, he's uh, he's at his house, idle time, he's up on his roof, you know, lollygagging instead of supporting his army, and he looks and he sees a lady taking a bath. Bathsheba. Yes. yes. And he lusts after her. And not only does he lust after her, lust, lust, not only does he lust after her. her wait, her name is Bathsheba, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Does it, listen, she's taking a bath, her bath. name's Bathsheba. Wow. Hmm. Just a thought. And he sends for her. I'm just saying. Yeah. That has and nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> Sorry, but go ahead. But, but anyway, all of that transpires to where Bathsheba winds up pregnant with David's child. Baby mama. And Uriah, where's Uriah at? He's carrying his death note. He's in the battle yep. fighting for David. So David's got, I've got to get rid of you know what I'm saying? And he calls him home. Says, so you need to go be with your wife. Yeah. Maybe I'll cover this up and they'll think it's his baby and not my baby. Yeah. But. Your eyes like, no, nah, I'm good. He's, he's, he's faithful to the king. He says, I'm going to stay right here. And he slept on David's doorstep. Didn't even go home. So mm. David says, now what I'm going to do? Oh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put him on the front line. What happens at the front line? He's killed. Yeah. Murdered. He's killed. So David essentially. By whose hand? Killed him. Essentially murdered him. He did. So. David finds himself in a place now to where not only am I idle, I'm lusting. I'm not only lusting, I'm committing adultery. I'm not only committing adultery, yeah. I'm committing murder. You know the, mm-hmm. you know the, and he thinks he's got everybody fooled. You know the beginning of that story says that that was the time of season where kings should be out in battle. Yeah. And he decided to stay home. David, a good man. A man the Bible calls him. A man after God's own a heart. A man after God's Absolutely. own Amen. heart. Amen. Yep. yep. Had the spirit. I mean, he was anointed from being young. So that tells me that if David's not immune, yeah. Guess what, guys? There ain't nobody in this room immune. Even hey, listen. Even though that we're in the New Testament covenant, I'm a man just as much as David was. Exactly. David, listen. 
David died. Scripture says that he died and he was buried. He didn't come back. He didn't do this. He died. And the Bible tells me that if David's a man, I'm a man, then I'm clothed in sin as much as David was. Exactly. Even though there's a huge difference of time between us. But it's even like Joshua's talking about adulterous people. James 4 yes. is a warning against worldliness. And it says that there is an adulterous people. I mean, it literally says, you adulterous people. Now, to cheat on something, you have to belong to it beforehand, do you not? And so he's giving Christians, he's telling the church, he's saying, listen... Here's a warning. I mean, this went out to the 12 tribes. This is one of your first New Testament books saying there's a warning against worldliness. And he says, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is no purpose? The scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace. And I mean, it's just obvious that we as a people are adulterous. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, we go yes. against God. And, and before we, we give our listeners that sense of hopelessness, let's go back to Scripture that says that in the hour of temptation, that in that in that present time when you're facing temptation, yeah. the Bible promises us that God's not going to put a temptation on us that we're not able to able, bear. But in absolutely. that temptation, he says, that temptation, there will be an opportunity for escape. Yes. But he don't force us. No. To choose that option. Cody said it perfectly when he got to Miracle Lake. He said, Byron basically told him, he's like, listen, you can't just be a lazy Christian. You've got to have structure. You've got to have discipline because if you're just going to sit around and wait for God to deliver you from every little thing that you let into your life, you're mistaken. And that's why it's so important as we as we do the podcast and we try to teach folks, you have to listen to the Holy Spirit. But we do be sensitive to it. But we do have a throne of grace that we can embrace. We have a high priest that said, come in, embrace him, embrace the throne of grace. <laughs> yeah. We have an intercessor and a mediator that, man, he is doing a ministry. Yep. Christ is before the king. I mean, Christ is before God right now, interce- interceding for us yep. on our behalf. And his blood was sufficient. That's why the Bible says when sin abound, grace abounded and much more. more. And so here's the thing, Christian believer in Christ. Do not let your life be defined by your faults and your thorns. Let your life be defined by Christ who gave us life more abundantly. Let your life be defined by Christ. The Bible says we're more than conquerors. Let your life be defined by Christ who said we should go out. We should embrace. We have the Spirit. I mean, John 14 through 16, he talks about the Spirit's coming. He's going to dwell within you. The Comforter's coming. And we have an encouragement from Christ. We have a strength from Christ. Listen, the armor of God in Ephesians 6, it's called the armor of God. Only the people of God can wear the armor of God. So we have encouragement. And that's why I talk, uh, you know, in teenage ministry, I meet a lot of kids. And even like working with people my own age, I meet a lot of people that are beat down by sin and beat down by their struggles and their heads hanging down low. But here's the thing. The enemy wants us as Christians to walk around like that. And I'm sitting here thinking from this is to myself and to anyone else that I get to minister to. It's like, yo, bro, pick your head up. Look up at the kingdom. Look at the king we serve and realize that you're not defined by your sins and your faults. You're defined by the blood of Christ being poured on your behalf. We have a strength. We, we have a boldness. We have things that we can hold on to. And listen, 
Paul said, when he says it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Listen, if it was just us living with no Christ, we would be weak. We would be wrong. We would be lost. But when Christ lives in us and empowers us on our weakest days, he can pick us up. Yes, and he's already died. Three days later, was David. risen again, not to die again. Exactly I mean, right. you know, so that's the thing. That defeat was already done. Yeah, you know, he's so not going back. He's it. conquered it all. It's done, and that's why. I mean, it says that he did it once and for all. The work of Christ is finished. We don't have to do anything else. All we have to do is surrender to it and glory. And when I say glory, I'm not trying to do something weird. I'm saying. Give glory to God. Yes. Give glory to Christ. And the fact that He, I'm telling you, listen, Easter's coming around. Uh-oh. And I'm, ta- I'm, listen, and I'm not kidding you. Yes. This, this last year, I've been studying more than ever. And I've been taking a class uh, through my the Bible college I go to, Liberty, about the book of John. And I'm telling you, the, the man, God in flesh, Jesus Christ, who walked and performed miracles is the same Messiah that I pray to. And can I tell you, listen, from studying the Word of God and realizing that Christ is alive, and I've known that before, but man, just looking at, oh my goodness, like look at all this faith we can put in Christ. Look at all this we have in our grasp that if we'll just grab onto it, He'll take us for a ride. He'll take us for a journey. And I'm sitting here thinking, Easter's coming this year. And I'm fired up. Want to know why? Not for a bunny, not for an (laughs) egg, but I get to celebrate Jesus Christ who is alive forevermore. No one's going to kill him again. He doesn't have to go back to the cross. And because he died for sins once and for all, if we put our faith in Christ, he will keep us. When a sheep enters the the herd, when a sheep enters the gate, it says there's one way. And it says when we go in that way, guess what happens? It says we go in and out and find green, green pastures, pastures, but we are still kept yeah. by the shepherd. Yeah. Amen. I mean. <laughs> he talks about who leaves the 90 and 9 and goes looking after the right one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it's one of those things that, like, we can't praise him enough. No. When you look at, listen, no, I was cannot. reading Ezekiel yep. today, and I was telling Josh, when you read about the uh, the angels, the cherubims, yep. do you know what they cried? Holy, holy, holy. holy. Do you know yes. what they cried in Isaiah? Holy, holy, holy. Do you know what they cry in Revelation chapter 4? Holy, holy, holy. Do you know what sounds beautiful to me? Just to be in the presence of Jesus right now, and one of these days I will be, and just to see him and go, holy, holy. Yes. Yeah. Holy, he is. holy he is. is the Lord. Yeah. But not only do I say those free, those four or three words, I get to look at him and say, you know what? Jesus, my faith is my eyes right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you are everything that I've dreamed of. You're everything that I've ever wanted. I've been waiting to live a sinless life in your presence. Yep. And I'm telling you, that's something that only you could obtain through putting your faith in Christ. And that's why when I meet people and I talk to people of different religions and different backgrounds, you know, they might have different opinions. They might have this. They might have this. And I leave the conversation and is my does my heart go out to them? Yes. But guess what? The next day I wake up with peace. You want to know why? Because I live for the one true king. Mm-hmm. I have faith in him. I don't, you know, I, I know I struggle. I know I have this. I know this comes up. But at the end of the day, you know what I get to do? I get to lay down and say, Praise be to my king. Yes. Praise be to my king. And I'm telling you, and when you look at this question too, we've we've covered question two. Belief and faith and evidence. 
When you have a true faith-based only belief in Christ, there is evidence, there is belief, and there is faith, and it's all-inclusive in a true conversion. And that's why a lot of people, they live in a lifestyle where they have to work to show evidence. And I'm sitting here saying, can I, te- listen, can I tell you all something? I've had to do put efforts in my life. Right to get away from things. Maybe I've had to quit hanging out with certain groups when I was young and I was saved. Maybe I had to do this. Maybe I had to do this. Quit watching these movies. Quit listening to this music because God's convicting me about doing that. But you know what the beautiful thing is? Is I don't have to do a bunch of works to show people my evidence is I'm saved. Do you know who provides that evidence for me by sanctifying me, by putting me through the process of sanctification, by giving me the Holy Spirit of God? Christ does. And evidence has... If you say you're saved and you've been sitting on the couch for 30 years, you don't want to read your Bible, you don't want to pray, you don't want to serve Christ, you don't want to be amongst the believers of Christ, you need to check yourself. But also... If your faith in Christ is based off something you've done, then you're going to live your life focusing on things that you've done. And that's my my heart goes out because my faith is in Christ. So when I boast about somebody, I'm like, Paul, I'm going to boast in Christ. I don't have to put myself in it. I don't have to worry about what I've done because if we put ourselves in the equation, it's going to be about us our whole lives. But if we truly put our faith in Christ, who do we boast in? Who is our number one focus on? It's on Him. Yep. and him alone and I, I'll I'll die I'll be blue in the face saying that when I die because that is my conviction I'm fully I love Jack said this in his message he was talking about a way the, the Catholic Church views something and how he he said I'm fully convinced and fully persuaded through my studies what does he mean by studies the word of God he was fully persuaded to truth and I'm sitting here saying I'm fully persuaded that if someone will put their faith in Christ and their faith alone, they will 100% be redeemed and transformed, and there will be an evidence of it. Yes, there will be. That's an absolute fact, because the the, the, the Bible talks about what's the greatest commandment? What's the, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord, I got thy heart, mind, soul, strength. What's the second? Love your neighbors yourself. If you put your love for God, is He supreme? You love Him supremely. Man alive, a lot of this other stuff's going to work itself out about what do I yeah. do? Do I have to make a decision of what I'm going to do Sunday morning? Oh, I guess I got to go to church because that's what Christians do. I ain't got to go. <laughs> I want to go because right. I love him. Absolutely. Because he's done so much for me. And it's, man, it's just, he's done so much. And that's when you look at once you're saved, everything that follows, like you're saved, now you want to be baptized, right? Why do you want to be baptized? Because Christ has renewed you. That's exactly right. And baptism is a symbol. I want to show the world. Of newness. Going to. down old. coming. It's a symbol. The old and Alan's dead. Our faith yes. is... The new I'm telling raised you, up. But see, that's a... newness of life. Why do we want to do the Lord's Supper after we're saved? Why do we want to do a foot washing? Why do we want to serve people? Why do we want to preach? Why do we want to do this? Because it's an evidence that Christ has fully redeemed us. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 that we are dead in our sins and our trespasses. And I don't know about you all, but when something's dead, there's no life in it. There's no spiritual life in it. There's nothing you can do. Kind of hopeless, isn't it? It's hopeless. There's nothing you can realize within yourself. There's nothing you can do to enlighten yourself. There's nowhere you can go. There's no act you can do when the Bible says that you're dead in your sins. You are dead in your sins. But glory be to God, who can bring us out of that? Who can bring life to something that is dead? 
Christ can. Absolutely. When he looked at Lazarus, what did he do? He said, Lazarus, come, come forth. forth. And Lazarus got up. And if the Bible says I'm dead and my sins and my trespasses, then glory be to God. When God draws me to Christ and he says, you are dead, but I can give you life. And I surrender to that. Do you know what happens? I have life for the first time. Yeah. I'm not dead in my sins anymore. Christ died for my sins yeah. and he gave me life. Lazarus was thinking. Now, what do you want to do the rest of your life? You want to serve the man who gave you life. And that is an evidence. You want to pray. You want to study. You want to serve. You want to be with the family of God. Why? Because it's an evidence. And that evidence only comes from what Christ has done for you. Exactly. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, you cannot. That is literally what the Bible teaches. That is what uh, people want to add all these things to Scripture. And I'm sitting here saying, John 3, 16, Jesus said, If you believe in me, you will have everlasting life. When you think about Jesus on the cross with the two thieves, go to John chapter 9. It says that they wanted to speed up the death process. Why? Because... uh, the Sabbath was coming, yeah. right? So what happens? They in the Roman they break their legs to speed up the death process. But think about this, and this is amazing. They go to the first two and they break their legs. But they go to Christ and the Bible says that he was already dead. Do you know what that shows me? They had to break the legs of the other two so they'll die quicker. So when Christ looked at that man and said, Today you will be with me in paradise, he died before that man. He gave him a promise. And when the testator, listen, when a will goes into effect, a will only works if the person dies. So when Jesus died, the New Testament began. And do you know when that man died? Do you know where he went? He went to where Christ was. That is the promise we all have if what? We will believe in Christ. What did the man on the cross also do? He admitted his sins. He said, we deserve this. This man doesn't. Remember me. Remember me when you go. And Jesus dies before them. They break their legs. Those men are going to die eventually. And then guess where that man opened his eyes? He opened his eyes. But do you know what the beautiful thing is? That man was literally being killed because of some sins he committed. But Christ cleansed him and gave him a promise. And I'm saying this. The Bible is clear. And we have to pay much closer attention to it. Because when we look at salvation, when we look at Christ, what does he require us to do in the easiest verse? People know John 3.16. Believe in Him, and we will receive eternal life. And if we'll pay much closer attention to that, if the world will pay much closer attention to that, do you know what would happen? We would see victory in the name of Jesus Christ way more than we do now. And God has a work in Habakkuk. I mean, God told him, He said, I'm doing a work that you don't see. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing some things that you are not, you are not aware of. You ain't, you ain't got a clue. And I'm telling you right now, <laughs> the Lord's doing some things right now that we're not aware of. But do you know what else the Lord's going to do that I'm not aware of? He's going to return. Yep. And when He returns, I'm going to where He is. But here's the other thing. When Christ comes back for His second return, when Christ shows up, in power as the king that he is, if you never believed in him or put your faith into him, you will receive a just punishment from a holy, holy king. And everyone's going to say, but Jesus, you didn't give me a chance, but Jesus, I did this, but Jesus, I did this. And he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, you workers of sin. Go away from me, because I don't know who you are. Go back to the two thieves on the cross. One of them said, if you be Christ. Yep. 
It's all on how you respond and how you receive the person of Jesus Christ. I, I, I'm t- that's that's it's your decision. It's 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 in your lap. We're going to do our best to explain it, talk through all the concepts, and we have been. Uh, hopefully, you'll make the right decision. Jo- but ultimately, what you do with Jesus Christ, the decision you make with Jesus Christ, will have eternal implications on your soul. And the, yes. man, and the craziest part of it all is he pulls us out of darkness. He pulls yep. us out of sin. But do you know what he does? He reveals to us a truth that we can be obedient to or we can be disobedient to. Correct. And so when people disobey God and disobey his commands and disobey salvation through Christ, they will answer for that. Absolutely. But only a living God can reveal to us and bring us to that point. Amen? Because that's John 6.44 all over the place. And so um, I I hope that you all, all of our listeners can... It's like, I mean, Josh, you were listening to a sermon today by MacArthur about Scripture. And you were telling me what it was... How MacArthur was saying, it's just, it's easy. We don't have to add anything to it. Don't have to add it. Don't take nothing away from it. Just speak what it says. And when it says, it's grace through faith, not of works, that no man should boast or brag, then it's obvious. It's clear. Put put your faith. You receive grace. You're saved. If I work for it. And you didn't do anything. You owe it to me. If I I do a day's work, they owe me a day's pay. You know what I'm saying? If I work, you owe me. I did so. It's not a gift. Romans six. It's tw- a debt. Six twenty three. It's a free gift that God gives to us. What Christ did, it was free. He volunteered on our behalf to give it to us. And I hope everybody that listens to this, I hope you can be blessed by the Word of God and realize if God reveals to you that you're lost in your sins, my friend, if you're listening to this right now, you can be saved. Because once you realize yeah. you're lost, guess what? You can be found. That's right. Mm-hmm. And if you'll just repent of your sins, admit your separation from God and your lostness, and you'll believe in what Jesus Christ has done on the cross on your behalf, you know what my Bible tells me? You'll be saved. Yeah, he loves you. You'll be saved, and you will be kept, and yeah. He loves us. Nothing yeah. can separate us yeah. from His love. And, and we love you, too. And we do. In a very appropriate way. Oh, not no creepy, we do. Not, not no creepy, dirty way. Man, like, we, I'm talking about a very appropriate Christian love. Whoever you are. I don't. Yeah. We may not know each other, but I tell you what God's done to my heart. He's put a affection in there for all people. Now, I don't yeah. like some people's ways, yeah. but I love all people. Yeah. And there's nobody that I can picture in my brain we that love I would the like people. to see die and spend eternity separated from God. Yeah, so, we, we love the people. We yeah. don't love sin. We really don't love sin here at Watson's. It's, I mean, literally, God's against it. Then we're going to be against it. But whoever you are, wherever you go, wherever you live, man, we just want you to know one thing. If nobody's told you this today, we love you to death. But ultimately, can I tell you something else? Jesus Christ loves you. Enough to die for you. Enough Absolutely. to die for you. And all you have to do is believe in Him. And I'm telling you, there are churches all over the world that preach the all you have to do is believe in Christ. You put your faith in Christ. You turn away from sins, and you're saved. And I'm sitting here saying, man, we are a small part of a big body of Christ that is out here just wanting people to join yep. and wanting people to be saved. And so, guys, this is the end of our segment, and pay much closer attention. It's been awesome. I've really enjoyed going through basically one idea yep. and how it's took us four weeks. 
Um, and so we're going to, this next week, we're probably going to start a new segment. We've been talking. Uh, we're going to pray about it. And you, you join us in praying about this, that God would lead us uh, to where we need to be. Um, but we've been talking about going through all the spiritual gifts. Man, and just breaking them down in context of what the, how the Bible teaches them, how Paul writes them. But not only that, but like talking about examples in the modern day New Testament church, 2021, how we can use these gifts and how people do use these gifts. It's part of sanctification. God's not moving you to a more godly position. Yeah. Just to sit on your hands. And it yeah. might be that, man, while we go through this segment, maybe we bring people in from Watson's Chapel that clearly have the gift we're talking about. And just let them administration, exhortation, and we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, we're we've been talking about salvation for about six, seven, eight weeks now. And I was telling the guys, man, we I mean we've went through this. The Lord has just shown us so many things. And I was telling them today, now that we've talked about how you can become a believer, man, we should start moving to how we can become closer, how we have gifts, and start really trying to edify the body of Christ through talking about spiritual gifts, talents, and how we can serve God to the best of our ability, and how He's gifted us to serve Him. And we'll get to talk about some gifts that have been taken out of context in this decade. Um, We'll talk about the context of those. We're going to talk about how there's no more apostles. The scripture is very clear about that. We'll talk about the gifts that the apostles themselves specifically had. Um, but we're, you know, Lord willing, hopefully that's where we're going to be. We're going to pray some more. We're going to study. We're going to talk. Um, but I, I'm, I'm fired up about it. We were talking about it before the podcast, and I was really excited to go through it. So, um, guys, man, this is, I, I feel like, I almost feel like I'm at a, we're done with something, and I'm getting ready to say farewell. Because, I mean, we've been in this for, like, weeks. Yeah. And it just, it's sad to leave it. But, man, it's one of those things to know that when you've done what God has given you to do, you know when it's time to move on to yeah, the next yeah, thing. Yeah. Even though it, you don't, this is one of my favorite things to talk about. And hopefully there was, a, you know, a number of people helped by yeah. the fact that, you know what, I can just believe God. Absolutely. I can trust God and place my faith in yeah. Him because He's worth it. Amen. He's worth it. Amen. Amen. So, um, guys, do y'all have anything else? God bless. God bless. God bless. Hey, uh, we love you guys, and we'll see you next time. Peace out.